0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Prospect Podcast. I am Chris Terpaso, and last episode I broke down my top five cornerback and safety rankings. Today, I'm going to do linebackers and edge rushers. And if you follow me on Twitter, you've probably seen that I'm also, I'm using as many social media platforms as possible to get my analysis out there to everybody. I've been using actually TikTok, which I think is actually very, like the whole app is very intuitive to create your own content and to just follow a lot of videos in your niche or whatever you're interested in to do like an abridged version of my top five rankings at each position. So you've probably already seen, if you're following me on Twitter or TikTok, my linebacker rankings. But I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into those in today's episode and then jump ahead. I haven't posted any TikTok videos or anything on Twitter for my edge rusher top five rankings. So I'll start at the linebacker spot. And as I've watched more linebackers in this class, i really like this group. And I've been one talking with Matt in the past. I've kind of said like I would almost shy away from taking a linebacker in round one because I think it is just so difficult for a linebacker today to come into the NFL and be really good. Because a lot of times these players, even if they are really athletic or really fast or really big, aren't great in coverage in college or haven't gotten a lot of experience in coverage in college. And then they're asked to cover a ton in the NFL. They're almost like picked on. And then if they are smaller, they can deal with issues uh, with blockers at the second level and being still valuable against the run. But I've watched more and more of these linebackers grading out, getting out to my top 250 right before the draft. I'm a little behind of where I normally am, but I will have a top 250 before the draft. So you can have that open or keep that bookmarked for, obviously not just the first round, but all the way through the 2021 NFL draft. And on that note, before I get going, I did confirm it. I will be doing, I confirmed it with editors and stuff, uh, the... Draft grades, live draft grades for CBSsports.com. It's like my favorite thing, my favorite like assignment that I have every single year. This will be the third year in a row I've done this. Pete Prisco will handle all of the live grades at CBSsports.com for round one. And that is deservedly so. He's been around for a long time. He's very good at what he does. He gets the round one live grades. After that, rounds two through round seven, it's a grind, but that will be me. A letter grade, as soon as we can get that in, and two or three sentences about the player or the fit, anything like that. So rounds two through round seven, Friday night and Saturday during the day and into the early evening, the CBS Sports live draft grades on the website will be for me, and I'm really pumped about it. It's, it's a great opportunity, and I'm super grateful that I have that ability to do that every year. So I yeah, so I I, like back to my thoughts on linebackers. I didn't I think it's difficult for a linebacker today to be really to come into the league and be really impactful. I mean, we saw last year's first round class with Patrick Queen, with Kenneth Murray, Jordan Brooks from the Seahawks. I did not understand that one. The night of the draft. Super athletic guys, and none of them particularly played well as rookies because they were just so lost in coverage. But like a lot of other positions, I think the linebacker spot at the collegiate level is smartening up. College coaches are saying, "Hey, you're a bigger safety, add 10 more pounds, you're going to be a linebacker next year. We need you in coverage because certainly at the college level, it doesn't matter the conference, it's not just the Big 12 anymore. You need to be able to cover Flipping your hips, running with the tight end, making a play on the football if it's thrown in your target area. Those are more important than stacking and shedding a guard at the second level and making a play against the run. I mean, you certainly still need that ability. But if you really want to be a true, truly impactful player at the college level and certainly at the NFL level, you've got to be able to cover. So I, watching this group as a whole, I've found more athletic linebackers that have good speed, good coverage awareness. And they're just better and more ready to be good in coverage than I expected. Especially because, you know, I watched the early guys, like the guys that I figured would be would go relatively early, pretty early on in the pre-draft process. And as I've gotten through third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round, I was like, oh, that guy's pretty good too. He's a pretty good coverage linebacker. And I'm going to start talking about them right now. That was the longest intro that I've ever done into my actual analysis. But I did want to get that out there about, my thoughts on the linebacker position evolving at the college level, making, generating more NFL-ready prospects. Number five, and this had to be a quick addendum to my initial top five linebacker video that I put out on TikTok and Twitter because I watched him late and I finalized my grade on him late. Pete Werner from Ohio State, he is a former safety who just... Almost dropped my jaw when I was watching his film. And here is his scouting report. He's a super fluid, springy, natural athlete at the linebacker spot. He's the most impressive zone-dropping linebacker of anyone in this class not named Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. Flipping his hips and accelerating is no issue for him. He has serious explosiveness to the football, and his motor runs hot. He's always bouncing all over the place. His only clear-cut flaw is that at times he can get engulfed by blockers, but he actually does a very good job avoiding them or surprising them with a good stack and shot ability. Werner plays with a reckless abandon as a blitzer, and he's decently effective there. Also, he doesn't have high-end speed down the field, but he's certainly not slow. To me, he's the most underrated NFL-ready linebacker, who is a former safety, in this draft class he just looks like and i was going to say he looks like a former safety but he measured in at over 6 foot 2 and close to 240 pounds 238 at the ohio state pro day big vertical good in the three cone a little bit slower 40 and you see that sometimes when he really has to cover deep down the field but in general, teams don't ask their linebackers to cover 30, 40, 50 yards downfield. But I think Werner could be one of those linebackers that could do that if you need him to. He sinks in zone, flips his hips toward the sideline, then flips his hips back toward the middle, then plants and accelerates on a post route, accelerates very quickly on an outbreaking route toward the sideline. And he just plays with his hair on fire. He's very long, too. And I like how assertive he is. A lot of these smaller, more athletic linebackers just try to avoid blocks. And if there's any type of contact, they're out of the play. And there certainly are times, like I said in my scouting report, or I wrote in my scouting report, that Werner like gets pushed out of the play because he's dealing with a blocker that might even be close to 100 pounds heavier than him. But he's surprisingly strong. And I think blockers, when they get to him, They're dealing with a 240-pound linebacker, not someone 215-220. I mean, maybe he bulked up from the end of the season, from that national title game to his pro day, but he still had a good workout. So you know he can carry that type of weight. It would not surprise me if he ends up being the Fred Warner of this draft class. Like, in a couple years, he's a third or fourth-round pick who's one of the best coverage linebackers in the league because he's a former safety, so you know he is well-schooled in that area, coverage, reading route concepts, reading the quarterback's eyes. And he made the transition to linebacker and made it very smoothly. So Pete Werner from Ohio State is my number five linebacker. Oh, and I, I've been, I did it in the last podcast. Let me get to my big board here. I have him graded pretty high. I have him 69 overall. That There's a few more guys I need to finalize grades on, like plug-in, pro day, Results and stuff. And just kind of tweak slightly. But that's around where he's going to be. So early second round. Or I'm sorry. Early third round. For Pete Werner. I think you think he's a really good NFL ready linebacker. If he was coming into the league 10 years ago. He would be probably a little bit lower. and Especially how the league would view him. I really like Pete Werner as a prospect. Number four. and David I would say Jamin. Jamin Davis. Again, I think it would sound cooler if it was Jamin Davis. Jamin Davis from Kentucky. And I know he's gotten a lot of hype recently. It's like he's going to be the second or third linebacker off the board, maybe even the first linebacker off the board. I watched him super early. I already dialed in everything with his pro day. This is where he's going to be. Here's my scouting report on Jamin Davis from Kentucky. Tall, athletic, and thick. Off-ball linebacker with serious range and higher-end change-of-direction abilities. He doesn't mess around against blockers either. He'll beat them to the ball or pop and shed. Because of his large frame and smooth athleticism for his size, there is serious man coverage appeal. Although he mostly dropped into zone at Kentucky and looked very comfortable doing so. Davis gives you some contribution as a pass rusher too because of his emphatic nature on the field. Run and chase linebackers with his size, explosion, and suddenness are perfect for today's NFL. Yeah, there's not really a major uh, trait-based negative to Jamin Davis. The fact that he was really only productive, like highly productive, in for one season with the Wildcats would probably be, like, in terms of production and experience, that would be a clear weakness or concern. He's almost six foot four, 234 pounds, ran a four, four, eight at his pro day, and maybe low four, fives, which is really moving at that size. 42 inch vertical, 11 foot broad jump. Freaky explosiveness. Like that is a first round workout. 33 inch arms, almost an 80 inch wingspan. And you see it on film like he he stands out like you're seeing like who is this gigantic linebacker and he's moving like he's 511 to 20. So I really like Jamin Davis a little bit more than Pete Werner. They're similar players. Coverage, length, tenacity against the run. I really like both of these guys. I I don't have him as high as where he's probably going to go. I have him at number 67 overall. Sorry, not 67. That's Davis Mills. 46 overall. Did a little command F there and typed in Davis. 46 overall. So mid early to mid portions of round two, I think that's where he's prop- the best valued. But I, I really like Jamin Davis as a prospect. I think he is someone that, unlike a lot of those linebackers in last year's draft that went early that I mentioned in the intro, I think he's ready to be like a three down player because he's a good coverage linebacker. Number three, Zaven Collins from Tulsa. The most, probably the easiest comparison of anyone in this draft class from Zayven Collins to Anthony Barr. They are almost identical. I remember that 2014 draft class was the first one I really dove in deep. I did top 15 position rankings at every position. And... I was getting tons of Anthony Barr flashbacks watching Zayvon Collins. The only difference, Zayvon Collins is playing at Tulsa. Anthony Barr was at UCLA. But I'll get to his scouting report. Huge presence at the linebacker spot. Efficient athlete. Not insanely sudden, but not stiff. He moves very well for his size. There's deceptive speed because he's a long strider. So Collins' range is impressive. And he's decently instinctive. He sniffs out screens well and reads his keys quickly against the run. Not much of a block shutter because he's not overly powerful despite his towering frame and he plays a little high. The true strength of his game is how fluid and aware he is in coverage. He's somewhat bendy as a blitzer. He plays with good closing speed and obviously has a large engulfing tackling radius. Collins is outstanding sinking in zone flips his hips effortlessly and his length closes passing lanes in a hurry in a system that doesn't ask him to be an a gap clogger. Collins can be a star in the NFL because of his size, fluidity, smarts and coverage prowess. So if you're sensing a theme, even though these is number five, four and three, my linebacker uh, rankings, I place the highest emphasis on coverage for a linebacker. And these three Pete Werner, Jamin Davis and Zaven Collins are all ready to be good coverage linebackers in the NFL. I would take any of these three over Kenneth Murray, over definitely over Jordan Brooks, and probably over Patrick Queen. They're three down players. I think Collins at like six, almost 6'5, six, 260 pounds. Like he is mammoth. He's bigger than both Jamin Davis or Pete Werner. At his pro day, just under 6'5", 259, ran 4.66, almost 34-inch arms. That's like offensive tackle length. 35-inch vertical, 10-foot, 2-inch broad jump. He's Anthony Barr. He's going to be able to line up on the edge as kind of an overhang linebacker, rush the passer, win with bend, some power, not a ton, but mostly with bend and quickness against offensive tackles. He's going to run with tight ends. He's going to make plays in zone. He had, I believe, four interceptions this past year. He's a really good player. Zaven Collins from Tulsa. I wonder the highest spot a Tulsa prospect has ever gone in the draft. He's my number 35 overall player. And that seems to be maybe the floor of where he's going to go on draft night, Zaven Collins. Like, there's a fair amount of first-round buzz for him. But I wouldn't be surprised if he's the 35th overall pick. That's where I have him graded. Number two in my linebacker positions, in my linebacker position rankings, Micah Parsons from Penn State. He will be fascinating on draft night because had he gone back to Penn State and not opted out, and again, for the 50th time, no concerns that he opted out. I wasn't didn't think it was stupid. Didn't think, you know, don't blame him for that at all. But had he gone back, there would have been a lot of buzz for him to go a lot higher. When you listen to my scouting report, you'll be able to tell the one area that I'm a little concerned about with him. Here's a scouting report. Towering physical specimen with great length for the linebacker position. One of the most deft block defeaters I've scouted. Dodges his way through traffic outstandingly to get to the ball carrier. I wouldn't call him a twitched-up athlete, but very, very smooth for his size. Big tackling radius allows him to get his hands on everything, and he's a sure tackler. Could get a tick faster reading plays, but typically understands where he needs to go and doesn't take false steps. At times, he's a tremendous, no-hesitation gap shooter. Deceptive speed to the football in the run game. He's more of a blitzing on-the-edge linebacker on third downs than one who's going to sink in coverage and make plays, although he does have the athletic gifts to be more of the latter in the NFL. However, Parsons is phenomenal as a pass rusher. He can overwhelm tight ends and backs as a blitzer, but has legitimate edge rusher skills to beat blockers, an awesome dip, an awesome swim move, a simple crossover, all of which are very effective. Parsons is not your normal modern-day linebacker, but one who can be successful without insane coverage chops or experience in that phase of the game. So it stands out. It's his lack of experience, lack of big plays, lack of fluidity in coverage. And you would think, well, if you place such a high onus on coverage ability, how is he number two? Well, I, I do think... Especially when I raved about Jamin Davis, Pete Warner, and Zayvon Collins, I just think Parsons is that special of an athlete. And you're dealing with six three and two forty, so it's a good like height to weight ratio. And I think he's incredibly fast to the football. And beyond like all of the athleticism that we hear about, as I wrote in that scouting report that you just listened to. He's very refined. He uses his hands like he was a redshirt senior. And he played for two seasons at Penn State, was producing in 2019 as a true sophomore. So I I think there are a little more rough edges with him, which is not surprising because, again, he was so young when we saw him last on the field. And he's entering the NFL, not at 23. He's a lot younger. And I'm slightly concerned about the coverage because I think teams will try to find a way to put him on an Island in coverage or target him when he's in zone in his area. But I I really hope that the team that picks him says, Hey, you're going to be, and this is also similar to Anthony Barr. You're going to line up on the edge sometimes. And we're going to use you as a legitimate pass rusher because he is truly that good. And there are edge rushers that are 6'3, 240 in the NFL that don't play off the ball. So he's very unique, but, and to, again, go back to the first round linebackers that we saw last year, Kenneth Murray, Jordan Brooks, and to a certain degree, Patrick Queen, like they were quarterback spies and blitzers in obvious passing situations in college. And I think, again, you mostly will see smart offensive coordinators not necessarily tailor their entire game plan around exploiting a rookie linebacker, but they will find a way to take advantage of a young green linebacker on passing plays. And that's what happened to those players. But I think they were pretty good as blitzers, as rookies, and that is kind of the new age trend for linebackers like that we've seen on offense that offensive coordinators are like, hey, we're not going to try to fit a square peg into a round hole with, a gadget player or someone that's just a vertical threat and try to make him run routes or get him the ball where he is not comfortable getting the football. I think more linebackers will see that are just used as an extra rusher, whether it be as a, the designated blitzer or in Micah Parsons case and Zayvon Collins, someone who can line up on the edge and be the smaller outside rusher where you kick your, first and second down defensive end into defensive tackle and have that kind of NASCAR package that, you know, the Giants made famous when they beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. They they just got a lot of speed on the field. They weren't worried about size. So Parsons, I think, has the athletic ability to be pretty good in coverage. He's outstanding against the run. He defeats blocks like he's a five-year NFL veteran. He's 6'3", 240. He's super fast. I think he's going to be a good pro, but where I have him graded is probably a lot lower overall than where you've seen him. He's my number 23 overall player because a lot of those reasons that I pointed out in terms of weaknesses and just projectability to the NFL, not just for his rookie season, but early on in his NFL career. And number one, some people call him a safety. I think he's a linebacker. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa from Notre Dame, the, craziest film watching experience maybe I had in this entire draft class outside of maybe Penesul but just watching Jeremiah Usu cormos film I was just like oh my god this guy is unbelievable here's a scouting report incredible short area quickness and change of direction talent rare in those regards his hips almost look like they unhinge from his body when he needs to explode in a different direction. He's mostly an outside linebacker and slot defender than someone who's going to hold up amongst the Giants on inside run plays. His block shedding isn't where you need, where you want it to be, but Awusu Koromoa does a tremendous job beating blocks on the outside for screens and pitch plays. Plus, he has basketball quickness to make lead blockers miss and the athleticism to stay on track to the ball carrier. He can legitimately run and stick with slot receivers and will track routes deep down the field. He's very aware when the ball is arriving and will make plays on the football with good regularity. Good instincts and suddenness to the football. He's useful as a blitzer because of his burst, closing speed, and maneuvers to keep bigger blockers off him. He plays with immense speed to power conversion as a tackler and has a large tackling radius despite being around six foot and two hundred and fifteen pounds. If kept relatively clean behind his defensive line, he has all pro abilities. I mean, what like what more can I say about uh, Jeremiah Abusu Kormoa? That he is just built for today's NFL. I don't care that he's 215 pounds. We heard from Darius Leonard after the Colts lost to the Bills in the wild card round. He was playing at 218, and Darius Leonard. Was already, I mean, he came in as a rookie and had a fantastic rookie season, and he's shed weight to get faster because he realizes how important speed and agility are in today's NFL to be a good linebacker. Awusu Kormo made some ridiculous plays 20, 30 yards down the field where you're like, okay, maybe he's a safety. But he strikes against the run, no hesitation, reads his keys in a hurry. Pretty reliable tackler. And I just love his ability in the slot. Like, line him up in the slot. And no, he's not going to stay with the quickest slot receivers in the NFL. But your middle-of-the-road slot receivers, he's going to be able to cover them relatively easily and make plays on the football. His plant and drive skills are fantastic. I even think he, and this is maybe a little hindsight, but I wasn't as high on Isaiah Simmons as a lot of people were last year. I think he was like my number eight or number nine overall player when a lot of people had him like number two, number three behind those two quarterbacks, Burrow and Tungle by I think Owusu-Cormo fits the NFL better because of that change of direction ability that Simmons was this freak of nature, like 6'4, 238, running four, three, eight 39 inch vertical, all that. And that's cool. It's nice to have that physical presence, but for as much as that helps Isaiah Simmons as a blitzer and against the run, like what's he doing as a slot defender? I mean, if he's matching up with a tight end, sure, that's great. But against a slot receiver, that's why I think part of the reason why he struggled for most of his rookie season. Rusu Cormoa has cornerback-like change of direction skill and explosiveness at six foot and like 215. And he can add... Five, ten pounds if you need him to. But I don't think you necessarily want him to. Let him play exactly how he played at Notre Dame. If you're again continually asking him to take on that pulling guard, that's you're not getting the full Jeremiah Ousu Koromoa. he's got an awesome nickname. J-O-K Joker. Being a Buffalo guy, he's like, to me, like a souped up version of Matt Milano. And Matt Milano is one of the best young linebackers in the NFL, if not just one of the best linebackers in terms of what he does truly as a three down player and how he can cover deep down the field. So there's my linebacker rankings. Oh, by the way, Jeremiah usu Kormoa is my, and I think I said this in the last podcast, number one highest graded defensive player in this draft class, number nine overall. He's not going to go that high. I wouldn't shock me if you go somewhere in the teens, but I have eight offensive players in my top eight, and then Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. He's that good. I, I'm, I'm all in on him being a transcendent type player. Edge rushers. Let's see where are we at with time. We're at 27 minutes. All right, I'll go a little faster with this, even though this is a pretty important position, of course. I'll just read these scouting reports. And just be a little quicker with these. Number five, Carlos Basham Jr. And there's actually going to be, let me see. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Five. This is actually a, a tie for fifth. So how should I do this? Actually, I'll throw in one more. Because I have a tie for fourth. But I'll, I'll just throw in one more player. So we'll say fifth, Peyton Turner from Houston. Here's my scouting report on him. Thick upper body, jagged athlete with good burst off the snap. A little stiff, but not unwilling to change direction. And once he gets going, he gets there in a hurry. Subtle but efficient pass rushing. Typically has a plan against the offensive tackle. He plays with plenty of force behind his bull rush. He can align inside and win against the strength of guards. There are tiny amounts of impressive dip around the edge too. He sets an incredibly strong edge and will defeat blocks in the run game. Lack of athletic smoothness may push him down boards, but he's a decently polished, thick edge with positional versatility. And then we saw with Peyton Turner from Houston, crazy workout. I tweeted it. Yes, it was a pro day, whatever. But with the vertical and the size measurements and the broad jump that you know are legit, he basically tested almost identically to Justin Houston, like a few inches taller than Justin Houston, like almost 6'6", 260 had a three-cone, I believe, under seven seconds. He did, yeah, under seven. 35-inch vertical. He's just a high-floor, relatively high-ceiling prospect. And I have him graded number 41 overall. So if the team picks him in the early second, I'm fine with that. He is probably the most underrated edge rusher in this class. You can say a guy in the fifth or sixth round is underrated, but I mean, this is a guy who can be instant impact that we're not hearing a ton about that I think should go early second Peyton Turner. So then tied for fourth, same grade. And you will see when my final board is out, like there'll be, I think there's a couple instances where there's two and maybe even a couple times, three players at the same position, just stacked That's just how the board land. Like, Aaron Robinson, Thomas Graham, and Cam Bynum, cornerbacks. I have their 54, 55, and 56. Like Their grades came out the same. You can interchange them however you want. That's just how it came out, and and I'm not tweaking anything to throw in a running back in there just so it looks better. That's how the grades are. So we have an instance here where the grades are the same. Carlos Basham is my number. is tied for my fourth highest edge rusher from Wake Forest. Here's his scouting report. Big, physical edge rusher, defensive line hybrid with phenomenal athletic gifts for his size. He fires out of his stance and smoothly changes direction. He flashed a dip underneath the offensive tackle which is ridiculous given how tall he is. He loves the swipe or the climb through a gap with the swim move. Neither is super effective but typically gets the job done. is decently powerful but more of just a low to move than anything else. He sets a strong edge Easily disengages and can chase running backs and wide receivers to the corner. Serious closing speed. At times, he gets too high in his rush and stalls out. The high-end reps are all pro-worthy. Fair amount of mediocre reps, though. Freaky talent with the girth to hold up in the trenches yesterday. Carlos Boogie Basham. He's kind of just a, a tick more impressive prospect than Peyton Turner. A little bit shorter, but that same type. like Big, physical, heavy... Prospect that I think again is a tick more athletic than Peyton Turner. Peyton Turner might be a little bit better with his hands and might be a little more consistent down to down and game to game. But Carlos Basham has like top 20 flashes pretty often. Like he's not completely hot and cold. And we know at the senior bowl, he had a great week. So, Carlos Basham, if your team wants a little versatility, like maybe you can kick him inside occasionally, but needs and likes more girth and power and athleticism in your off in your defensive end, I think the Ravens would be fantastic. They like those bigger edge rushers. Carlos Basham's your guy. Tied for fourth. Oh, geez, I keep forgetting. I have him graded at number twenty-eight overall. So end of the first round. That's why I said Ravens. I think would make perfect sense. Would be great value need and just the type that they like. Tied for fourth with Carlos Basham, Joseph Osai from Texas. Long, well-built edge with a constantly humming motor and impressive speed, bend, and dip around the edge. His handwork is decent. He flashed a swim move and will swipe as he's turning the corner, but needs to develop some counters. His outside speed rush is his go-to rush now, and he's pretty effective because of his burst and bend and dip ability. Will stabilize with his hand on the ground to flatten to the quarterback. He'll also chase plays from the backside and down the field. There's great closing speed on the football to his game. He does lack in the power department, but with more weight could become a more complete rusher. Joseph Asai's an ascending rusher. hes You'll hear that from me every draft season. There's two to four players, I always say, ascending rushers. Meaning like throughout his career, we saw him get better, use his hands a little bit more effectively. Looks like someone that is ready to add five to 15 pounds once he's to the NFL level. That's Joseph Asai. He had a great pro day workout. And I just think he fits today's NFL that you can have this technically sound edge rusher that can win with five counter moves to get to the quarterback. The ball's going to be out. you got to get there in a hurry. He's 6'4", 256, almost 34-inch arms. I just think he is more of an outside rusher than anything else, but I love his explosiveness. Had over a 40-inch vertical at his pro day, I believe close to an 11-foot broad jump, which is crazy at 256 and 6'4". So just let him rush the passer. I think it's fine if he's setting the edge for you occasionally. I would say Osai seems like someone halfway through his rookie season, we're going to see him take a step. I mean, unless he hits that rookie wall, and, and I, I know that's legit for a lot of players, especially for these players in this class that played six seven eight games some of them but if he yeah 41 and a half inch vertical 10 foot 11 inch broad jump and he ran four six three in the 40 he's super explosive but i could see halfway through his rookie season gets a little stronger understands the power that he's dealing with every week that he starts to hit the ground running from like week eight on number three Jalen phillips from miami I watched his film so early, and I was like, "This is 100% a first-round prospect." Very natural edge rusher. Everything he does is smooth, effective. Go-to swim move, sleek body type that fits the modern-day NFL. Speed to get to the outside on pitches sets a decently strong edge, but could add some weight at the NFL level. Phillips would help his, or that would help his power too. Although there's plenty of pop in his hands. Phillips is impressively bendy, but he's not Gumby around the corner. He can dip too. Easy to see why he was the top overall recruit in the nation coming out of high school. Athletic edge defender who knows how to use his hands, but isn't quite a master in that area yet. So everything he does, he does it well. Is he tremendous in any area? I don't know about that, but high floor. He's going to be good in the NFL. He's going to be in the NFL for a long time. And if his hands improve, if he maybe adds a little bit of weight, that could help him. Help him just to be able to add a bull rush to his arsenal arsenal. But Jalen Phillips is a really good football player. And I have Joseph Asai right ahead of Carlos Basham at number twenty seven overall. I have Jalen Phillips, number twenty-five. So they're pretty close. Very minimal margins between those three. I think Jalen Phillips is the most consistent. Of those three, and the most polished of Carlos Basham and Patrick and Joseph Osai. Number two, Quiddy Pay from Michigan. Power and athleticism. He's a heavy edge who can play anywhere up and down the line of scrimmage. High end bend for someone close to 280 pounds. Looks like a linebacker on the field because of how smooth he moves in any direction. Burst is impressive, and so is his sustained speed through the play. Looks like he two-gapped on occasion, thereby slowing him down as a pass rusher. Really only has a swipe move down on his speed rush, but it's effective. And he's awesome on stunts. Bull rush could be outstanding because of his mass, but it isn't quite dangerous yet. High-motor player who can really align anywhere up front because of his size and athleticism. Ascending player, but not quite a finished product yet. We definitely saw a better Quitty pay in 2020 in the four games that he played. That Minnesota game really stood out because his handwork was better thing with me i was slightly concerned that at his pro day he measured in a little smaller and didn't have this number one on bruce feldman freak list type of workout a little over 6'2", 260. i think he was listed at like 6'4", 275. ran four five seven that's really good at 260 especially at six two 33 inch arms good length 35 and a half, 35 and a half inch vertical Almost a 10-foot broad jump. So pretty good in those areas. 36 reps on the bench. He is strong. He is going to be a three-down player. You can, at the absolute floor, rely on him to be a quality run defender. And I think he's similar to Joseph Asai that he is an ascending player because it was in 2019, you're like, this guy's freaky. He looks chiseled. But where is pass rushing moves? And then we saw them a little bit in 2020. So I think Pay. Very good player. Not an like, elite prospect. He's my number 16 overall player, but I think he's going to be really good in the NFL. Number one, Aziz Oljulari from Georgia. Another guy that I watched relatively early, and I fell in love. Freaky outside speed rusher with effortless, majorly threatening burst off the snap. Despite how good his outside speed rush is, and the fact that he's decently bendy, he likes a crossover step back to the inside but it's not nearly as effective. Some pass rushing moves in his arsenal, but nothing that immediately counters his outside rush. That handwork just helps him continue through the blocker into the quarterback. Good on twists. He needs to build a speed to power bull rush into his arsenal. Absolutely first round athletic traits, but raw technique wise, and has to get stronger to set the edge and not get overpowered by blockers. Although he already is very useful as a run fender. Yeah, I think he's strong. But he might not be strong enough to be an awesome, as good of an edge setter and run defender as he was at Georgia. We know he's a, a little bit on the smaller side. All these other players, I mean, quiddy Pay, 6'2.5, 260, but then Jalen Phillips, Joseph Vosai, Carlos Basham, Peyton Turner, they're monsters. quitty or Aziz Julari is different. He's like six two and a half, two forty five. But Crazy Burst and Ben. Like he has. I said it a long time ago. He reminds me of, and I wasn't scouting prospects then. He reminds me of Von Miller, like the season before his last one at Texas A&M. This small, like stand-up outside linebacker that you were like, man, he's giving these 315 pound offensive tackles, everything they can handle against the run. And then he's like a cannon out of his stance and he's pretty bendy. And you did see some pass rushing moves, which is good. And he's got good length, over thirty-two inch arms. So I think o- Aziz Ojulari. You don't ask him to be your three-down player instantly, although his technique is good against the run, that he stacks and sheds, and he is created low to the ground. So he has a lot of a good center of gravity to kind of use the ground as his friend. But I would just unleash him as a pass rusher and say, use your outside speed rush. See if you can win with bend. Once you get that offensive tackle, worried about that? Use that crossover stop, a swim move, a spin. He's athletic. He's definitely not limited or stiff athletically. So Aziz Ojulari, he is my number one edge rusher. Number thirteen overall. So again, not a huge gap between one and two. Aziz Ojulari at one, and Quiddy Pay at two, and not a huge gap between three, four, five, and then I guess six. Peyton Turner is a little bit lower. So Aziz Ojulari, my number one edge, number two, Quidi Pei, Jalen Phillips, number three, Joseph Osai, and Carlos Basham tied for fourth, and then Peyton Turner, fifth. I like the depth of the edge rusher group. I don't know if, I mean, I guess at number 13 overall, I think pretty highly of Aziz Ojulari. He's my third highest graded defender after Jeremiah Owutsu koromoa and uh, TCU safety Trayvon Morig for some reason, is written in my grading system that he played at Notre Dame. I don't know why that is. And then to jump back to just a quick summary of the linebacker class, number five, Pete Werner from Ohio State, Jamin Davis from Kentucky, number four, Zaven Collins, linebacker from Tulsa, number three, Micah Parsons from Penn State, number two, and Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa from Notre Dame, my number one defender, my top grade, top graded defender in this class at number one. All right, guys, that'll do it for me today. I'm Chris Trapasso. Thank you so much for listening. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters, the more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.